Welcome to the Watching Film Podcast. I am Seth, here with... Zach. And today we're going to talk about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the latest movie from Quentin Tarantino. Um, Zach, uh, we'll first kind of go through our general thoughts, and then we'll get into more of a spoilery discussion. Um, So Zach, what are your general thoughts on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I thought it was great. Now, granted, it's a almost three-hour movie, so I don't know if I would personally go see it again in theaters, but it is definitely something I would check out like as soon as possible. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was really good. Um, it's definitely something I really want to see again, um, but like you said, it's a long running time. It's hard to kind of carve that kind of time out um, when this is not your job, really. But it was uh, definitely a really good movie, something I'd like to see again. Um, really good cast, really good direction, everything. Um, it was just really well made. Like, there's oh, yeah. the music selection, the the shot composition, the, I mean... There's foreshadowing. Details in the background. Yeah, it was, it was um, just a really well made movie. Yeah. Definitely worth your time. Um, especially if you like Tarantino, it's, uh, you'll definitely find a lot of nods to other stuff that he's done. Yeah. Probably not as, I don't know. I feel like some of his movies maybe are faster, like, or feel faster. This movie was not crazy fast. It was, it was, it was long. You say a lot of long movies, but it felt, I think it's, I don't think it it felt like it got fast in some parts, but the parts where I guess it's supposed to be slow, you can tell it's slow. I didn't think it really dragged at all. I heard some people say dragon parts. I mean, there were parts that were you were in one spot a long time, and some there were. Um, for me, I really wanted to get back to DiCaprio. There was a couple times I was like, oh, I wish we were watching more of the DiCaprio stuff. He played Rick Dalton in the movie. Great character. Um, Brad Pitt was probably the other lead. He played Cliff Booth, I believe. And then you had Margot Robbie playing Sharon Tate, who. Um, is famous for both being an actress and being um, murdered by the Manson family in reality in the late 60s. So that's kind of the backdrop of the movie. So general thoughts, really good. Zach, anything else you want to add generally? Uh, no, that's, that's pretty much my general thoughts. It's great. Um, if you don't like terribly long movies, then... Maybe wait till it's out on DVD, but if you like Tarantino movies and you know like his shtick or whatever at this point, I'd say definitely go check it out. Yeah, I'd definitely go check this movie out. All right, so let's get into kind of more spoilery discussion. Um, Typically, we kind of state the plot of the movie, uh, kind of go through it, and that kind of leads our discussion. With this movie being so long and the plot being pretty... Simple. Yeah, pretty simple. We'll kind of just read a, a small synopsis. I'm just going to pull this small, the real quick two, three sentence synopsis off of IMDb. And then we'll kind of just kind of a more of a freewheeling discussion than normal. This will probably be a shorter episode than we typically have, but... Um, we'll still have plenty to talk about. Yeah. So the short synopsis on IMDb is a faded, ta- uh, a faded television actor and a stunt double strive to achieve fame and success in the film industry during the final years of Hollywood's golden age in 1969 Los Angeles. So the film is really centered around Rick Dalton, who plays, or was the lead man, as they say, a faded television actor. He was a lead man on a television show called Bounty Law. It was like a Western. It was a Western show, and he was a bounty hunter who... Never really, brought anyone alive. really didn't care if they were dead or alive. He just killed everyone. And then Cliff was his stunt double on the show. Um, I believe they said it was like eight years in the past yeah, on the show. So, like <clears throat> so Rick's kind of just barely hanging on to kind of a career. Uh, he does have a really nice house up in, I guess, the Hollywood Hills. I'm not. I'm pretty sure. Uh, that's what they they said. Yeah. So, and Sharon Tate, who is an up and coming actress, and her husband Roman Polanski, who um, I'm sure everyone knows from directing films and some other more infamous things. Um, moving next door. So, and that is where the, in reality, that's where the Tate murders take place. Her and uh, there are three or, I think three or three, two or three other people are at the house and get murdered by the Manson family. Three other people, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, 
But kind of the first big spoiler in this movie, that does not happen. So that there's a um, it's kind of a another one of Tarantino's alternate realities. He's done this in the past, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, a really good example of it that people would probably recognize immediately would be Inglorious Bastards. Yes, where it's not. The history isn't uh, Hitler, you know, kills himself in the bunker. Uh, in this alternate reality, uh, this shot the, they, they shoot him in the, uh, this uh, rogue, well not rogue, this uh, Jewish squadron just goes in and shoots him in the face like 50,000 times. Yes. It's like a sw- block of Swiss cheese by the end of, with a little mustache. <laughs> so, so that does not, so that's kind of, we can kind of start, I guess, at the end, which is really... The movie does a really good job of kind of foreshadowing what's going to happen in the end. And they bring this sense... There's a sense of dread. There was, in my opinion, hanging over the entire movie. Because you go in knowing... When you see that Sharon Tate is a part of this. And that she lives next door. You go in anticipating that... Okay, well, if Sharon Tate's in the movie, they're going to show the murder. Right. right? So... The end of the movie is... Members of the Manson family going to the house, which is next door to Rick Dalton's house. And Rick and Cliff are there. They've just got back from shooting movies in Italy. Where they're kind of shooting spaghetti westerns and a few other different um, uh, movies just to kind of make a paycheck. And Rick is newly married and he decides that, hey, probably him and Cliff, um, you know, they're probably not going to be able to pay him. He's probably going to move from this house and. This will kind of be their last night hanging out as buddies, like they had been almost inseparably since. But they're making it like a night to remember. So they're hammered. Um, They're having a good time. And this car, this really loud car comes up. It's the Manson family people in this really loud car. They come up, and Rick Dalton is pissed that people are on his private road at midnight. Or a little bit after midnight, and, and what, what does he, he do? He goes out, and he was making himself a margarita. He got all dressed up in a robe, and went out there, and he's like, you hippies, get out of here. I don't like hippies being around here. You back your crap car up, and get out of here. And these guys look like they're going to get the gun out and shoot him for a second there, but you know the guy kind of, you know, I guess, freaks out and then yeah. leaves. So they back out and they realize once they get down, oh man, that was Rick Dalton. I love that guy. And then uh, one of the one of the people in the back seat says, "We should, you know, what we should do since television taught us to kill. We should kill the people that taught us to kill because he was on television. Television's all about murder." And I think that might have been Tarantino kind of taking a jab at people that say his films are too violent. I I, I would not put it past There's him. a lot of things, and we'll discuss that a little bit later. There's a few different things that I wonder if were, if it was Tarantino punching back at people a little bit and kind of tongue-in-cheeking his criticism and kind of playing it up to a thousand. but Just to royally piss people off. Yeah, but so they go back up and they decide, instead of going to the Tate house... Um, which is what Manson told him to go into that house and just kill everyone. They're going to just kill uh, the people in Rick Dalton's house. Well, Rick Dalton is chill, decides to go out and chill in his pool. Cliff is there, but he's taking his dog out, which he has a dog. That, uh, what kind of dog was that? Was that a pit bull? Or? I want to say that was a pit bull. It was a tank. It was a big dog, too. Another thing that I noticed was they kept saying the dog was a she, but you could see that it was a he. Did that? I don't know. Yeah. So they played um, uh, early in the movie. They show this dog and what it eats every night, and the name of the dog food. It's like food for mean dogs or something like that. So yeah, it's like they kind of show you early on. <laughs> I like the flavor too. It's like bird flavor. Yeah, and or... raccoon flavor was another. <laughs> so they um, they kind of play. They kind of foreshadow two things about this ending early on. One is the dog, and the dog just looks like a muscle bound tank. It's like a just a thick like it looks like they, a meanest dog they, they also try to like I guess throw you off by you know the dog obeys everything he says he's very and sweet. been a total sweetheart yeah. but uh, so in the other thing they they uh, foreshadow actually you know what I'll wait till we'll, we'll get to it when we get to that point yeah. so these people break in and in the house is Rick's out in the back chilling in the pool just listening to something so he has no clue what's he, going he's on he's got his, these big headphones on he's a in a like a floating pool chair, yeah, the, listening to his music. The Manson drinking. family, or the, the members of the Manson family, come in 
to attack and Cliff is there and they show early in the movie that Cliff can they show a few times that he's a stuntman he can handle himself in an altercation if they even put him in a friendly I use that word loosely a friendly fight Bruce Lee and he handles him pretty easily he like it seems like yeah so <laughs> he's like okay this guy can handle himself so you're kind of you're not sure what's exactly going to happen and it, what's funny is it's another instance of um, Brad Pitt or the character I'm sorry Cliff being a stuntman for Rick while Rick just kind of chills in the pool in the back Cliff goes through all this really dangerous stuff and then and the end we'll talk about it Rick comes in for a hero shot which is kind of that classic you know close up where you can kind of see that oh it's really the act the actor doing this and not a stunt double right so um, so uh, the Manson family comes in they threaten Cliff. They got a, two two women and a guy. The guy has a gun. The two women have knives. One of them has gone and gotten uh, Dalton's wife. Yes, who's, who's, she's Italian. New, newly met Italian wife who he met while shooting some of the spaghetti westerns. Um, that's not super important, but not really. the movie's really about it's about uh, Rick Dalton, Leonardo DiCaprio, and. Cliff Booth, right? I'm pretty Brad sure it was Booth. Yeah. yeah, it's really about those two. Yeah, it's kind of everybody else is kind of superfluous. There's like Sharon Tate's in it, but I feel like she's in it just so these people Everything can get connects. dealt with. Yeah. yeah. Um. So they come in. They act like they're gonna shoot him. Cliff is high on some uh, acid, acid cigarette, cigarette that he smoked while walking his dog because. <laughs> Him and him and uh, Rick are having one last hurrah. So he's like, "Hey, what the heck?" So he's not really taking anything seriously. Well, this guy cocks the uh, cocks the gun, and then uh, then old Cliff just makes a little. He makes like a like a, a the, noise that, that he does for the dog, and, that and dog, the dog goes insane and just attacks the guy with a gun, totally incapacitates him. Like he's ripping his arm to shreds, and probably what I think is the most painful thing. Well, probably not the most painful, but. It was, it was pretty, pretty painful. Uh, the dog goes after the the guy's after, junk. Yeah, after much. ripping his arms to shred, locks on his genitals, and is just you know waving its head back and forth, and doesn't stop until um, he he you know does the clicking again. But it wasn't to say stop. It was saying, hey, now go, go get this other, other person. And the other person was one of the women. One woman. One woman went and got um, Rick's wife, Italian wife, and so she was kind of. Dealing kind of with stand, her, kind of standing there for a second, because she, she was in shock. And then one of the women ran towards Cliff, and he was holding—he was about to feed the dog, so he was holding this big can of dog food, this big, beefy metal can. And as soon as this chick runs at him with the knife, screaming, he does like a football throw, spiral right into her nose. About, I'm from about probably almost point a blank. yard away, maybe. <laughs> I mean, he just chucks it right in her face. She goes down. She may have had her nose blast caved in. It 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 was. <laughs> the whole movie was very. You were waiting for the. Why we're starting with the end because it's kind of you're waiting the whole movie for. Tarantino loves the hyper violence, the crazy violence. He likes the whole movie was very, just in a very like Mellow. people talking a lot. You know, it was dialogue heavy. Yeah, and then at the end you get this crazy. <laughs> Crazy violence. He cranked scene. it up to eleven. Yes, Spinal Tap <laughs> style. And I think somebody. And, uh, I think somebody did. I get think the guy, got, the guy got a Spinal Tap <laughs> when he got curb stomped into the. Whew. So, so Cliff takes everyone out. Basically, the dog is is tearing these people. people to shreds. He takes care of the guy. Once the dog, once he <laughs> takes care of the, uh, <laughs> the dog comes in to take care of the lady after that he threw the can at. And he decides to go over there, or did he? No, the then the other one attacks. The one, uh, the wife actually, uh, Dalton's wife punches her. her and like gets her like off balance. At and least. then she goes decides to attack Cliff, who then just like really just went for the proceeds head. to take her head and smash it into the telephone, a, a phone like a like the old style the receiver, the old style phone where on the we put it on the hook. The phone was off the hook, and he slammed her face into the protruding hook. 
<laughs> he then slammed it into the mantle above the fireplace, the brick mantle. He oh. slammed it into movie posters that were that were glass shards. <laughs> he slammed it into like a wooden table. He just he went ape on yeah. her. <laughs> he he just beat this woman to death and just slammed her face. It was hard to watch. I I was like I don't want to see somebody's face get caved in like. But then there was me going. I wonder how far he's gonna take this. Well, because after seeing, after seeing, like, um, you know, they show like Hitler's face being like, like made it like, like, yeah. I'm like, okay, are they gonna show like? I don't want to see somebody's teeth getting knocked out or whatever. Like, it's gross, but like, let's not. And then after he's done with her, somebody, somebody behind us actually, an older lady said, "All right, you can stop. She's dead." <laughs> Said it in the middle of the movie. I was like, I was kind of agreed with her. It was gratuitous, and this is one of the things I think that um, that maybe Tarantino did to kind of needle people a little bit. Is everyone talked about uh, how women are treated in his movies and the violence towards women in his movies? I think he almost like cranked it up, just to say "f you," I'll do just, whatever I want. Yeah, um, he, it was kind of it was very unsettling, but yeah, well, um, I mean, a lot of stuff in his movie are not yes. Very but then it's also you know it's the Manson fan like uh, you know he's I think he's basically daring you all right go ahead feel sorry for the Manson family. There's no sane yeah. human being in this world that would feel <laughs> no, the ahead. least bit it's sorry for these okay, people. Uh, yes, but this is the Manson family that's getting you know that blasted. killed a pregnant woman. Yes, so uh, one woman's down. The dude is still kind of alive and. Cliff goes over and like curb curb stomps him. His his head explodes, I'm pretty sure. The spinal tap you referenced was him (laughs) getting probably his neck snapped with his curb stomp. Ooh, you heard all the cracking sounds too. It sounded like an egg cracking, but like Uh, more substantial. But like cranked to 11. (laughs) Yeah, so then um, he's stabbed. (laughs) Cliff is stabbed um, in the leg. So he's he's all right, but he's kind of passed out. He's bleeding out, yeah. The the girl but, gets up finally. She gets a hold of the gun, the one that the dog's attacking. She kind of gets out of it. She it doesn't know. She can't see because her face was caved in by this dog food. And can. she's got glass in her eyes, and the yeah. dog's mauling her face and her yeah. arms. I mean, she was she's royally messed. This this is the same girl that was like, we should kill the people yes. that you know tossed so the killers. Thing. I wonder if that's like Tarantino's uh, another middle finger to like like just because my movies are violent, whatever doesn't so, make me a bad person. Yeah, I don't so I don't know. He's a he's an interesting character himself. Yes. Also, I don't. Just a side note: Did he play anybody in this movie? I don't think so. Doesn't no. he usually play somebody in he, like all his movies? Uh, I'm trying to remember. He had a cameo in The Hateful Eight, and I don't think so. He's cameos in a lot of his movies, though, doesn't he? Uh, he does it every now and then. I think. Yeah. So I know he was in Django Unchained. He's yeah. a guy who gets blown to pieces yeah. at the end. So. Yeah, so he wasn't in this. I at least I didn't notice him. And then the girl kind of falls out. She dives into the pool because she can't see where she's going. And this is when Rick uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, playing Rick Dalton, finally realizes what's going, what's going on. on. He actually doesn't know what's going. On. He just knows there's some crazy person in his pool. He sees she's bloody. She has a gun. She shoots the gun in the air. And then he goes into his. Um, he his, goes his in, shed, his work shed. shed, and then he grabs something that was set up at the very beginning of the movie, and you've probably seen it in the trailer. He's talking with um, Al Pacino, who's pay, playing a, kind of a producer, maybe an a, agent, a mogul, or whatever. Yeah, he's kind of a he's connected with the movies, and he's kind of giving him career advice. And they talk about one of his films. I can't was it the it was like the fourteenth. Something fourteen I, fist of something. Yeah, something having to do with Nazi Germany. Yeah. So he has a flamethrower, and he tells you, "Oh yeah, I trained on that flamethrower three hours a day for two weeks straight. I know how to use it." So then you're like, he, and then you see a shot of it, and he's got it in his house. You're like, "Oh, that's funny. He kept the flamethrower, whatever." Yeah. So he goes in after this girl's like can't see anything. She's shooting his gun there. He goes in. She's and got gets glass in. shards sticking out of her face. He goes in and just instead of running away, he goes in and gets his flamethrower. Very calmly, like tippy toes into the thing, dripping with water. And I'm in the theater watching, like, oh, okay, because I, I didn't realize at first it was the shed he was going to. I thought he was going to the neighbors to warn them, like, hey, go call the cops. We, I got some maniac in my pool. I hear Seth next to me go. Oh my god, the flamethrower. And 
everything I just thought I willingly threw in the trash and hoping that this insanity and was then, about to happen. Then they delivered with <laughs> this girl just getting burnt to a crisp. Oh, it was so good. It was there was like there was two or three things in this movie. It was just they set up and you're you're hoping they're gonna pay it off a certain way. Like when he went in there, I was like, Oh, I hope he's grabbing the flamethrower, that'd be great. And he does. And then like earlier his guy's holding this can of dog food, and you're like, oh, yeah, I wonder if he's going to throw it in her face. And he just blasts right I, in the face. Yeah, I thought he was going to throw it at the dude's face. Yeah. But I thought, well, he's got a gun, so I know so, how that's going to work. But So it's kind of funny. The stuntman really goes through all the danger, <laughs> and they literally bring the, the star out for the final hero shot. He's got his flamethrower. He just lights this person up until she just is burnt to a crisp and dead. I think my favorite part, not my favorite part of that, but one of my favorite lines is when he, after the whole thing is over and he's talking to the neighbor about what happened and he says, uh, yeah, I'm really glad I, I still had that actually. <laughs> I feel like he totally forgot about it until he actually needed it. Yeah. And the guy and the neighbor, of course, it was, um, he's going to see the neighbor. So uh, we can kind of get into a little bit more of the movie, kind of just a little bit more in depth on the character. But that was kind of yeah. the end of it. And then he goes and talks to the neighbor, and he gets invited up to see Sharon Tate, and uh, so they're becoming friendly. So with yeah. his career fading, you know, he sees that he lives next to Roman Polanski and Sharon Tate at the beginning of the movie. He's kind of hoping, man, hopefully, maybe I can become friends with them and they can get my career going because Polanski's a really hot director at this yeah. time. So and he said something about um, having a pool party too. Yeah. So that was another. So the um, the whole movie is really about um, it's kind of it's the relationship, the 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 crux of the movie is the relationship between Cliff, the bromance. Yeah, Cliff and Rick. Right. So and that I what do you think about that part of the movie? What do you think about their kind of relationship? Those two, um, DiCaprio and Pitt, they played off each other extremely well. Yeah. They were probably one of my favorite things about the movie. Yeah, that I thought. I hear a lot of people saying uh, that Brad Pitt was awesome. He was. I thought DiCaprio was really, really good. Too they were both because great. he had to do. He had to play kind of a a has been trying to get back up, and then he also had to like. They showed scenes of Dalton acting, and he actually was good when he wasn't kind of. They insinuate. That kind of his he he's kind of an alcoholic, and that this kind of led to his movie career or his career maybe stumbling. They say they lost their show, um, Bounty Law, which him and Cliff worked on together. Cliff was his stunt double for. They kind of lost that show because he said because he was trying to kind of establish a movie career. He's kind of yeah. make, making the jump from television to movies, and it's not like now where television and and streaming and stuff like that is so elevated that. That yeah, even like 10 years ago, television was considered a really big step down. So, back in the 60s, movie and television were not the same thing. Yeah. So, he's trying to break and make that movie break, and I guess that cost him his show. So, he's still trying to, he's like on a bunch of pilots, he's making one off guest appearances on shows. Yeah, and, and he's usually end up being the villain, usually, yeah. right? And they, they kill him off. And that's what uh, at the beginning of the movie, Pacino tells him, hey, that's event. they're just kind of wearing your value down because everybody gets to beat you because you have some name recognition and your character has some recognition. So they're just going to use you to get the make the other guy look stronger. Um, but you get to see him act a little bit, and he's actually a good actor, which is kind of cool to see. You usually see these kind of things, and the guy's bumbling a little bit. But he actually is really good and shows some scenes where he's yeah. really, really good. And, and so the that parts gives, where he does screw up, he like berates himself yeah. like harshly. Yeah, so you get to see DiCaprio kind of play like kind of three, two or three different parts in this movie. It's really, I thought it was a really good performance from him. It's pretty, I would think it's pretty hard to do something like that. So kudos to him. Yeah, he's he was legit. Um I thought he was great. Kind of him showing... There was a lot of little jabs at Hollywood in the movie. Yeah. Um, the there, were, there was a kid... You know, there was... On one of the shows, there was an eight-year-old who was a method actor. So, I think, you know, it's who kind of... Who read, like, these giant biographies of Walt Disney. He was reading it and spoke, you know, about being an actor and the process of acting. and Like, and call the, me an actor, not an actress. Yeah, that word is superfluous. But it was... I think it's, it's taking a jab at a... Met, 
Because she's a method actor. She refuses to be called anything but her character's name when she's on set. Yeah. And she takes it very seriously. So it's kind of a jab at that. Method actors maybe jab at uh, child actors too a little bit. And the girl's very good, by the way. Oh, yeah. And she's she actually on, um, I know she's on the television show, American Housewife, and she's good on that. Mm-hmm. She plays the youngest daughter, so hmm. she's right. talented. Um, oh, that's good. But there was not, a, you know, the movie was very simple, like you said earlier. Yeah. There was uh, the the kind of open. It was it was a really we talked about. It's it kind of weird. It was it was constructed weird. I think there were parts. So the first two hours, I kind of checked my watch. The first two hours are over two days. Pretty sure. Yeah. In nineteen sixty nine in February night. I think it was February eighth and February 9th. I Think so. Something like that. So the first two hours are these two days of kind of going through the life. Um, Rick's on set. Cliff's kind of doing odd jobs for him, like and fixing then, the TV antenna. Yeah, fixing the antenna on top of his house <laughs> because he can't. They show he cannot get. Um, he's having trouble finding work for Rick because of who's running the stunts because he's kind of screwed in the past. They also mentioned that uh, Cliff Mayer may not have murdered his wife. It was which, one of those throwaway details. I think they didn't really bring it back. They brought it up a couple of times, and then it was and like mostly it was for jokes too. They're like getting ready to fight Bruce Lee. Yeah. And they're like, "Hey, that guy's famous. You better watch out." He's like, "Oh, what is he famous for? He killed his wife." He's like, "He murdered his, his wife and got away with it." And it's like, "That's that guy." <laughs> and so, yeah, that was kind yeah. of brought up real quick and and not really referenced much. But I'm pretty sure it was the same uh, old lady behind us too when. Uh, the scene comes on where he has to go and fix the television antenna on top of the house. Brad Pitt takes a shirt off. I just hear this frail old woman go, ooh, oh my. One interesting detail that I don't know if a lot of people noticed or not, is you can see, and I'm pretty sure these aren't real scars, you can see the surgery scars on his shoulder and on his elbow, and there's some other scars on his body from what so you might get from being a stuntman. So right? that's another like example of that this guy can take some abuse. Yeah. So he's got these surgery scars. They look like the old kind of words, like the, the they, they stitch him up, the butterfly stitching. Maybe I don't know, I don't but know. it's a it's kind of that old looking. It looks like a stitch on a knee replacement they do now. It's just it's kind of gnarly looking scars. But um, it was weird because it would start and there would be at the beginning. So in the beginning, there was a narration on like one part. Rick said that he uh, his car was in the shop and the narrator pops in, which I'm pretty sure is Kurt Russell. I thought it was Brad Pitt that first part. I think it was Kurt Russell. I don't I don't know because he pops in for one line. It says actually uh, he got a DUI. He can't drive himself anymore. And then you don't hear then you don't hear the narrator again until two hours later. And two hours later, they make a six month jump in time. And they and have they, the narrator. And the narrator comes in and explains that. Uh, Rick decided to take because at first he does not want to take any of these jobs in spaghetti westerns. He thinks they're the worst thing, and he's trying to make ends meet taking jobs in um, on television shows and kind of guest roles. But he decides he's finally convinced that I'm going to go be a leading man. I'll go do that. So he goes to Italy for six months. Cliff goes with him because he's yeah. a stunt guy. He gains 15 pounds. He so yeah, he comes <laughs> back, uh, and that's where the movie jumps to six months when they were flying back from Italy and that puts it on uh, August, August 8th, 8th and 1969. then August 9th uh, when after midnight when the whole craziness happens at the end August yeah. 9th was the day the Tate murders happened in real life so it, it brings you right to that day uh, but it was it was strange there was a couple things and uh, there was that there was a narrator once and then two hours later there was a narrator for a lot of the final 30-40 yeah. minutes of the movie um, because it was about two hours in so you had about 40 minutes left the narrator was used quite a bit after that so that was that do was kind of strange was, do you think they were doing it because I mean the movie is called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yeah. so they use the narrator to be like, okay, I'm only going to tell you the parts that are going to be the fantasy or He's whatever. like a yada, yada, yada version. Yeah, I guess. It seems like maybe they wanted to show, they wanted to shoot all of it, but they decided, okay, we got to cut this down. Yeah. Yeah. So they kind of yada, yada to the spaghetti western yeah. part. Um, so that was strange. There was another scene where we are not sure if it was a, a actual cut in the movie or, or if it was a technical, a, error, a technical error at our theater, but... Um, this I think it's Tim Timothy Oliphant, right? That's that's him. 
he, I think he played McQueen. He played, he played, no, no, no. He plays another character. It was just, an, it was just a random, I think it was a fake actor. And one of the shows that Dalton's doing a guest spot on. Yeah. And he comes up to him and he takes his hat off and then asks him a question. And then the dialogue cuts. It's like a jump and it cuts back and he's got his hat back on asking him a different question. And then he sits down and takes his hat off. So I don't know if that was intentional or if our theater was screwing up. Yeah, but that was kind of a weird thing. Another weird thing that we talked about is the amount of feet shown in this movie. Yeah, and we were talking about this uh, like before we started recording, but I and we looked into it, and a lot of people, the consensus is it all the fear in there because Tarantino has a foot fetish. Yeah, apparently there's supercuts of feet in movies he's made. I didn't. I now I haven't seen every Tarantino movie. I've seen a lot, but I haven't noticed it. But I haven't also been watching that closely. But right. um, we were in the second row of this theater, so there's literally no way not to watch closely. <laughs> and, and it was like an older style setup, so we were, you know, I just stretched my neck before we started. I also noticed the majority of the theater. I think we were the only people under the age of fifty. Yeah, there was a lot of older people, but it was. We actually tried to go yesterday and it was sold out. So it's yeah. And then when we were leaving, there's a huge line. So I think this movie is going to do pretty well at the box office. Oh yeah. But the feet thing, uh, apparently Tarantino has a foot fetish. Uh, this is what people say, and that's another thing I thought he was playing up because it was almost every scene that was introducing somebody showed feet. Whether they started it, a lot with yeah. their shoes and then worked up. I didn't know if it was like a Western thing where they want to show the guy at his feet, the boots, and then work the camera up. I didn't know if that was it. Some people are saying it's the foot fetish thing, but it was so many times. They showed dirty bare feet two or three times. They showed, they showed their, their shoe. clean white boots on the way into the theater. They showed shoes three or four different times when they're getting out of cars. They like, showed these hippies' feet being pressed against the glass of the windshield. Yeah, so I don't know if it was kind of another uh, another middle finger from Tarantino. It's like, oh, you guys think I like feet? Well, I'm going to put feet in this movie a hundred times, which might be close to like how many shots <laughs> of feet there are in this movie. <laughs> It was really strange. Like, almost every other shot, there is a foot. Yeah. I, I would not doubt it. That's, like, the actual fact. All right, so what, what, what other notes do you have? Because you took some notes when we were kind of driving back. Yeah. Um, going back to that weird cut, I know you, you told me to uh, write down the great escape bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, in that, in that, in that, um, one of, I thought a really funny bit, because DiCaprio... Like you're saying, he plays like two or three different characters. He's all—he's really funny. I think. I don't know if it's the dialogue because Tarantino's a really good scriptwriter. He delivers it really. But well. I don't know if it's the dialogue, or, but he made me laugh a ton. And the the kind of the biggest laugh I got was they're talking about. Uh, he's talking to Tim Olaf on the, uh, I believe, and they're talking about whether or not he got he was going for the part in The Great Escape. Steve McQueen's that part. Steve McQueen got. That he was, you know, he's like, oh, I heard you were, you know, I heard you're considered really, you know, I heard you're really, uh, you know, considered you're kind of in the final. And um, <laughs> DiCaprio's character, Rick Dalton, is like, you know, he's he's trying to he's trying to build his cred back up, you know, so he doesn't want it to look like he lost the parts. So he's like, nah, you know, I was never really considered. And it keeps cutting to scenes of uh, actual scenes from the great escape with DiCaprio <laughs> digitally inserted it was like um yeah, back that was to the, done really well yeah it was like you know when you see the back to the, when they had to reshoot back to the future because they just were like all right we got to put we got to get rid of this guy we had initially right and you see like the scenes with like both of them side by side it was like that so like oh they started with Dalton and there was just a, it wasn't like the um it wasn't like he was trying out for it, you know. It wasn't the audition stage. It was like footage from the movie with him in it, and he's like, "Nah, you know, I never really got far. I wasn't close to having it." <laughs> when it seems like he was obviously replaced. <laughs> so I thought that was. He said, "Yeah, I had competition. Really? I, yeah, like three Georges. Who?" And he mentioned George. Pap- George Papard was one yeah. of them. <laughs> we got the same first name. George Papard. <laughs> George Papard's been dead for like twelve years. We knew a lot about the A team. <laughs> That's our other Seinfeld reference for the episode. Sorry. Um, <laughs> should I go ahead back to the notes? Yeah, whoever he was, he knew a lot about the A team. 
So George Costanza. They cut three or four times back to Rick saying three different ways that nah, he wasn't really in consideration. It kept showing the scene, it, and he was digitally inserted. And like you said, it really was done. So that was really funny. And I think we were like the only two people really laughing oh, hard at that. That was killing me. DiCaprio uh, is very funny. This, this movie's really funny. But DiCaprio but is really funny. Don't expect movie. the gore to be hold, holding back, you know, once no, it hits. at the end, yeah, it's rough. Woof. Um, other notes that I have, if we're done talking about that. Yeah, I've heard that. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, a lot of feet. Yeah, we got that. Jabs let's, of Hollywood. Let's talk know. about um, kind of one of the bigger, longer scenes is when Cliff picks up. He's, he's kind of yeah. dealing with this hitchhiker. That's, that's a note. Okay. He's kind of dealing with this hitchhiker. And they pick he pick he decides to pick them up. It's you know they show these girls that are the Manson family girls, kind of these hippie girls that yeah you know, look very free love that kind of you know that kind of look. He picks them up, hitchhiker. They say, "Oh, I'm out at this um this ranch or whatever. yeah ranch. It's a movie ranch or something like that. So it's like a old like kind of like this old west city that's built out way out." Of town that people can use as sets for films and stuff like that, so they don't and have they're to kind of squatting, so there. they don't have to build an old west set. And he says, Oh, we're living there. He's like, Okay, so they go there. Um, you find out she's probably this girl's probably less younger than 18 because that's what Cliff thinks because she propositions him for something, and then he <laughs> he he turns her down. So you're like, oh, Cliff's a good guy. And then you think, well, he actually might have killed his wife, so I don't know. Uh, so he, that's really strange, but they don't really talk about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, they really don't. So they go to basically the Manson family compound out in the middle of kind of a little bit of like more country-ish place out um, yeah. in California. And the whole scene is filled. That's why the ending, I think, is so satisfying because this whole scene it's is tense. filled with really crazy tension. Yeah, it's and you kind of get introduced to the weirdness, creepy. how weird and creepy the Manson family is, and how weird and creepy their dynamic is. Just he really says, well done. yeah, and Brad Pitt does a really good job in this scene. He says he knows the owner from back when he used to film there, and he wants to talk with him. And you know, they're all like, "Oh, he's napping," and you're everyone in the theater is thinking this guy is dead. Yeah, and like every scene they say is like unconvincing, and Brad Pitt is unconvinced too. He's like, "I'm gonna go check out this house," and like. He goes in, and the the girl... They're like, uh, I want to see George. Yeah, the girl's played by Dakota Fanning, I think. Yeah, right? So she's like, no, he's uh, he's, he's napping. And it seems like a put-on the whole time. And they're like, all right, you can go. You can come in. And, you know, Brad Pitt's talking real tough. Like, he's going to... Like, know, hey, like, I'm you can't stop me Because he, sh- he wants to see this dude's dead, is what he thinks. Um, like... And like, then, I'm getting in there no matter what yeah. you say, so just move aside. So he's going back there, and as he's watching back here, the girl is watching TV and like ominous music, like da 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 da, like and it, very everything ominous. in the shot is like yeah. tight. It's a tight, it's hallway. very claustrophobic, very dark. He's kind of checking out the window to see. It's really strange. There's, people are all erratic. And he opens the door, and it's actually the guy is actually there taking a nap. And then yeah. he talks to him. And the guy's like, "Who the f are you?" So it's kind of <laughs> it was kind of funny, but the scene was just so tense. And then yeah, played with the the audience expectation. This is one of the times in the movie that really there's a few that really slowed down, but it builds a lot of tension, and that tension actually gets paid off at the very end of the movie, Uh, because they you know they were mad at this guy for basically not listening to them, so they like knifed his car, they 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 slashed one of his tires, and I thought that. He was just going to try and drive away. No, he just went up to that dude and was like, hey, fix my tire. You're the one that screwed yeah. this up. He's like, I'm not going to do that. And he beat him senseless. Yeah. So Brad Pitt's just beating people left and right in this movie. And <laughs> they go to get one of their people, Tex, who is one of the people at the end, one of the guys at the end that shows up to kill everyone. Um, they go to get him. So he's their tough guy, I guess, in the group when Manson's not there. And uh, so there's tension. Is he going to get back? Is are they? What's going to happen? Because since Brad Pitt is not his character is not, I don't know, as far as I know, not a real person. You know, he could die at any time. There's not really you no know, consequences. Yeah, you don't know. It's not like you know his fate. He's a real person from the sixties. You can go back and look up. And even if you could, they've changed stuff for this movie. Yeah. So, so there's tension there. It's like, is this guy going to make it back? Are they going to fight? Is he going to kill him? Like, there's a lot of people there. What's going on? He ends up getting his car out just in time before this guy gets there. But that tension builds up for the 
it's kind of left over for it's the kind final of moment. Put in storage until for the final moment out. of the film when he basically kills everybody oh, with man. a fiery assist. That from was a great ending. Dalton. Uh, what else do we have in the notes? But that was that um, was a really good scene. It was slow. I think some people say, "Oh, it's so slow. It took forever." But I thought it did a great job of building tension for there, with a little funny payoff, and then building tension overall right. for the rest of the story of this looming threat of the Manson family. Um, thing I have here, and I could be wrong, but whatever, is I wrote down as the note a flashback and a flashback within a flashback. And it was when he was on the roof and he was thinking about, you know, why don't I get any more gigs as a stunt worker? And then oh, yeah. it has the flashback to, you know, everybody freaking out. Oh, yeah, this guy killed his wife. And then it has, I'm pretty sure it's not a flashback. It's more of a, we think this is what happened. And it shows him on the boat with his wife nagging him. And he's got, I guess, a spear gun and it's kind of just pointing at her. Yeah, they don't show, but yeah, that's a, that it was a flashback. Yeah, so they, he flashes back and you're not sure... It's a uh, long exactly. cut away from reality, you, too. You're not sure if, if he's... You're not sure... At least I was initially if he was flashing back or because he thinks about what... Because Rick tells him he can't get him a job on this based on who the stunt coordinator is. So you kind of see him... It just cuts to him. He's thinking about Rick saying that I can't even... I'm not even going to... I can't even try to get you that job. And you're thinking it's setting up like that Rick is an ungrateful friend and he's just using this guy so much. And it cuts to you see him sitting in the golf cart outside Rick's trailer, and the stunt guy comes up, and then he goes into Rick's trailer and talks to him. And Rick basically, you know, tells him, "Hey, man, give this guy a job. You know, give him a job." And he does, and then that's when the Bruce Lee fight and stuff like that happens. He ends up getting kicked off. But yeah, they do have the flashback with the flashback. Yeah. So, but yeah, you think you're? I thought it may have been a cut to like the next day, or he decided. I thought so too. I thought he may have been like, you know what? Screw fixing this antenna. I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna go out there, and Rick's gonna give me a job. But That's why I thought it was. A it was a flashback, and it pops back. I was like, that was a long lead from reality. Yeah, there was a few. I, some of this is like I think it felt like, and it was like I said, it was really well done. I really liked it, but some of it felt like that Tarantino, because he wrote it, right? He wrote and directed it. That he wanted to, he had like five or six like ideas he wanted. Like he wanted to see uh, a guy fight Bruce Lee, right? right? He wanted to see somebody going out to the Manson family compound. He wanted to see Some, the, the Manson, Manson family, family get, get roasted, yeah, get literally and figuratively. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, so he had all these kind of things, and he kind of built a movie around it. Maybe I don't know, but there's a few times you're like, well, we're spending a long time here, but. There's nothing ever felt like, well, that was a real waste. It yeah. all felt really well done. And obviously, when you have a good writer and good actors it's gonna, and good oh, yeah. director, um, that's going to help. And another thing that helped, I thought, was the every detail in this movie seemed like on point. Right. I was trying to look in the background to see modern things, like see if they missed something. Um, I didn't really see much. I tried to look at their watches and the, and the, and the clocks on the cars. Uh, right. When they were driving in, and I mean, this is kind of like super anal retentive, but I was just, I was just kind of, we were so close to everything that, like he says, he's got to pick them up at seven fifteen. So I'm like, when's what's the clock on this car say when they get to the lot? Like, is it something crazy or it, no? But it seemed like it was pretty close. It might have been like eight, eight, you know, eight twenty when he dropped them off. So, um, so it. The, every detail you were looking for a modern car in the background, you won't see one. You're looking for like a modern building in the background. They have a lot of the neon. They have a lot of the um, old style faces of buildings. The the signs on the interstate are right. the what would be there back then. So it was the attention to detail in this movie was very good. Was top notch. Very good. What do you think about that? Did you have any? I wasn't really paying attention that much to the background stuff, but now that you mention it, and I go back and I think about yeah. scenes. Uh, yeah, I can't think of anything uh, that recently comes close to that uh, attention to detail. Yeah. So kudos to them. The cars for, and everything, and then they get they get these tight shots in the cars. Uh, and somebody was talking about the highway. Like when they got on the highway, all, they were like, "Oh, the cars look like they're from that period." Yeah. They shut down the highway for. I don't know. It's like, like a, every, a every hours. that's because I was like, we might see like a they want to see like a Camry pass by in the background. There's, <laughs> no, there's nothing like that. Um, 
the other, so yeah, so I mean Tarantino, good job. They they did they. I mean he was really and whoever kind of did a lot of the production side, it was really really cool. Oh yeah. Um, another thing that was interesting that we thought of was uh, what was your? T- I mean, just going back to the ending because the ending was so wild. You had an interesting take on uh, Brad Pitt's character. Um. Oh man, what was it? I feel like it's one of these things I should have broken down. We we started calling him on the ride home, in honor of oh, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin, we were like, it's like a Home Alone movie, but like that stuff really hurts. happens. Somebody takes a can to the face, they get lit on fire. The dog, the dog takes a there. bite. It was like a Home so. Alone movie. But like, all right, so imagine if this Home Alone movie was real. So we started. He started he's, calling Brad Pitt Cliff McAllister. I said he's Kevin McAllister's uh, a grandfather from his mom's side of the family. Yeah, it was. He started calling him Cliff McAllister. Uh, it was. I mean, because it was like, because it was so brutal. Uh, and you think about it, we're just like, it's like a home invasion gone wrong. It's like Home Alone, but real. Where we were going, yeah. We've seen this done, but it's not as violent. Or this is more violent, I should say. Where we see this, we're like, I don't know, Home Alone, and we thought, oh my god, you're right. So I gets hit in the you face a with, a, with a can, can of dog food. You get and a then you flamethrower get... to the head. <laughs> the classic <laughs> Pesci. The Pesci screaming his brains out. Yeah, it was so, almost literally. It was. Uh, it was very uh, interesting. <laughs> you got Cliff McAllister. Yeah. Kind of. Uh, well, <laughs> what other notes you got? That's all I got for notes. That was. That, that's it. There's a, probably a lot we're missing the discussion. And probably a lot of really, because we were right up in the screen. Yeah, there's a too. It's a really good movie. So on our movie scale, we go top notch, see it in the theater, next rung down, rent it as soon as it comes out. So it's worth paying money for. Then uh, stream it or watch it on one of your channels you already subscribed to for free, cable or, or your streaming platform. The fourth rung of our ladder is this is a movie if you're on an airplane and you need to kill some time watch it uh the fifth rung the last step down is just don't watch this movie at all no. so zach how would you rate once upon a time in hollywood uh, even though we missed a lot in this breakdown it was just it was so much movie and so kind of simple plot yeah, there's we're not just kind too of, much the plot yeah. wise there's not a lot to talk about we're not going to give you as much probably details we usually do more about kind of Stuff that stuck out to us. Yeah. And if we if we do this podcast again in twenty minutes, we, it might be totally different. Yeah. But uh, what did you think, Zach? What, what was your What would your rating be for the movie? Um, I will say this much: if you are not a fan of any movie that is going to be way over two hours long, then I would say wait and at least pay the rent for it. But if you're you don't care about the time and Especially if you're a fan of Tarantino stuff, definitely see this in the theater as soon as you can. I think it's more than worth it. You know, I think this is a definite see in the theater movie. Um, it's worth the time to me. I think I never felt the only time I felt the time is because I had to use the restroom. I was like, I, I was. That's the only time I was like, wow, this is a long movie. So, Otherwise, even the scenes that were long, I never felt like this is dragging. The tension kind of kept it moving for me. So even though this movie's long, it went by very quickly to me. I mean, I would look down at my watch the first time because I was like, oh man, I have to use the restroom. How much time is left? And it was like an hour into the movie. So it moves, I thought. Some people say it's drags. I think it moves at a good pace. I think it. the best way to put it is it drags in the right spots. I think anytime it slows down, it's to add tension or yeah. add a little, um, a little detail. It never feels like, man, this is slow. Get to the next thing. There are times where you're like, man, I want to, I want to see more from this character, maybe. Right. But um, I thought it was really good. This is definite C in the theater for me. I'm gonna see it. I, I'm, I don't know if I'll see it again in the theaters, but I, I wouldn't mind it. And this is gonna be a definite like purchase, probably. I'm probably, I want to watch it again and try to see what I'd miss. And I um, usually don't go out and purchase DVDs that much anymore. That just nothing sticks out. But this is something I would probably get the Blu-ray for just to see. There's like a lot, of, there's a lot of, stuff of stuff going on. There's a lot of I, I kind of wonder what he's thinking behind some of this stuff. Why he wanted to make this movie? What was his? I want to see if your theory is right that everything that was exaggerated, like the violence and the foot stuff. Yeah. I want to see if your theory is right that he's just doing it to say, you know what? Screw you, people. I'll I do whatever know, he I might want. Be. Okay. <laughs> but I I really enjoyed the movie. Definitely go see it in a theater. Um, the theme. run the runtime doesn't doesn't bother me too much. Um, and it's it's 
I think, it, and like we said, there was line out the door to get in after we left. The, we tried Huge to do yesterday, it was sold out. I think it's going to do really well. And I think that's because this, how many, there hasn't been like a really high profile movie just for adults that's non-genre really. That's not horror, that's not superhero. Um, what was kind of the last, I mean, I, I I can't even think of really. I think yesterday, but it's still, that's not. That's still something that's you not, could. That's not an adult movie necessarily. Yeah, that's not something, like, you could take a teenager yeah. to that movie. Yeah, so this is, I don't know if that's it, just scratching. It's also a Tarantino movie, so people love Tarantino. They want to see kind of his next work, and it's got, the two lead actors are. They're great. Uh, really good. And the, one final thing about um, what I thought was really interesting is Brad Pitt is an obviously obvious leading man. He's got the leading man looks. He's been leading man in a lot of movies, but he is really good in like this buddy role, like with somebody to play off of. He's done it before in like the yeah. Oceans movie, where he's really charming. But him and DiCaprio playing off each other was right. really really good. I thought that's kind of goes for both. And they're both good in this kind of buddy role, which they really probably don't get to do very often because of. Um, their leading man status but yeah definitely go see this one in the theater um so that's kind of it for our review of once upon a time in hollywood it's a little bit shorter probably than most of ours yeah but um i think we got we gave a pretty decent rundown of our thoughts um you can find us on twitter at watching underscore film we're on apple Podcasts, Castbox, um soundcloud at the watching film podcast we have a website at watchingfilm.org where you can check out articles and things like that. We also post the podcast there. So um, give that a look. And uh, like I said, on Twitter, watching underscore film. Follow us and we'll post kind of every time we do a podcast. We've been gone for a little bit because we weren't really that interested in seeing The Lion King. And um, From what I'm hearing about that, it's pretty much if you've seen the original, you've seen this movie. Yeah. It just has less personality. But uh, we'll kind of be back. We'll try to get all the big movies. Next week is that Hobbs and Shaw movie. That may be worth the That's going to be insane. That may be worth a watch. So we probably be back next week with a review for that. Um, go ahead and subscribe to us on... You can do it on Apple Apple Podcasts, um, CastBox, or SoundCloud. And uh, we'll probably be talking with you again here in about a week or so. Uh, thanks for listening. Go ahead and subscribe. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. See you later, everyone.